Oh shit, we're we're live. We're live right now from our first Zoom video Drunk on a Bucket podcast. I'm excited to bring you guys uh, the content for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we've been enjoying it. Hope you have too. Um, you know, today I'm joined by JB, uh, Justin Bieber. Um, oh my gosh, not again. Don't do it again, Carl. It's gonna. I think it's gonna stick with you, bro. It's I mean, staying. It's, it's. I think it's gonna stay. We got, uh, you know, Hall of Fame coach Tyler Jensen. We got mm -hmm. the other, the other Hall of Fame fundraiser Clayton Williamson. He's finally been able to join us. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it's pretty cool because tonight is Game Six of the NBA Finals. I think that the Bucks are gonna gonna seal the deal tonight in Milwaukee. What you guys think? I, could, I couldn't disagree more, man. Um, I think the Bucks, even though they're they've been riding high, how do you how do you win four games four games in a row, right? Not not only have they what they went down uh, 2 and uh, what Sunday or whatnot was their third game. I just don't see it. Four games in a row. I think they're going to run out of gas and momentum, even though they're at home, which they're typically really really great at. I think we're going a game seven in Phoenix. I, I'll say this. The atmosphere in Milwaukee tonight is going to be absolutely unreal. Uh, those people, like, seeing videos of the, the fans outside of the, their arena for the road games and stuff, it's going to be electric in there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I'm going to say the Suns are going to win just because I think this series kind of screams seven games. The only thing that I keep thinking about is the Bucks have the best player on the floor. They have the best player on the floor. So when you have that weapon – it's, it's tough to pick against him. I will say this, though. His free throw woes very well could could end up costing him an NBA championship. And I'm not saying, this, you know, who's going to win the series or whatever, but he's got to start making free throws. Um, you know, I, I think last game they missed like four or five in a row when they had a chance to really put the game away. And it, it's ridiculous a guy of his caliber can't, can't make a damn free throw. Uh, so I'm going to say Suns tonight in, in a close one. Yeah, I I got to agree. I'm going with the Suns as well. Uh, you know, I know all the statistics go against CP3, but, you know, this is, his, this is his first time here. I don't think he's ready to give it up. I think he's going game seven uh, and putting it, putting it all on the table, you know, after this. I'm going to disagree with every single one of you, and I'm going to go with what <laughs> Vegas says. Vegas is, is on the Bucks tonight. They're the favorites tonight. They're giving five points on the line. So, you know, in Milwaukee – they're going to be flipping cars and shit tonight. You know, that's going to happen. And they might burn the city down. I don't know. Uh, other thing that's really interesting is CP3 and referee Scott Foster don't have a very good um, statistic, at least for CP3's sake. He has lost the last 11 consecutive postseason games that Scott Foster has officiated in. And Scott Foster is the crew chief tonight. So be something interesting to see. Um, he's lost, I think his overall record is two and 13 when Scott Foster is officiating in the postseason, CP3. So those things, you know, how much do those things matter? I don't know. I'm hella superstitious. So it, it always comes into account in my mind. Um, I think that Phoenix could not afford to lose game five in Phoenix. That was huge. Um, Drew stepped up really big with the steal at the end, and then <clears throat> Giannis with that huge block. I mean, I watched it. I didn't like it, but whatever, you know. They lost in the Valley uniforms. 
fuck that sucked. I said, now I, I'm, I'm against them. I'm going to vote against the damn Valley uniform because they, did, they fucked them up. I was about to say, did, did, you, did you really bring up the uniforms? And it, do you think that was the main reason for them losing game five? I don't know about the main reason, but I feel like it was a reason, you know? Hey, I, I, let me ask you this, Carl. You brought up Drew Holiday. I mean, he played out of his mind in the last game. Um, you know, he, he played, obviously, the way they've, they've needed him to play to better win this series. Do you think – like, I'm, I'm not saying – I think he had, like, 27 the other night. Do you think he's going to – like, you're anticipating him having another big night? I think so. I mean, you got to understand it's his – I'm pretty sure it's his first finals appearance too. So, you know, he's he's ready to close it out. Um, man, he's just been performing. And I'm happy to see it. And at the same time, I'm not. I know we talked about it maybe on the first podcast and everything. Um, I'm happy for Drew. I don't want Milwaukee to win because right. of how it affects the Pelicans. Now, for him as an individual, I'm more than happy and ecstatic for him because I think that's fucking great. You know, he's a good teammate. He stuck it out here for, what, eight or nine years. Never heard a bad thing. Always worked hard. You know, he had some injury concerns right around the beginning of his time here, but um, digged a lot of things around the city, and uh, I have a lot of respect for him and hope he's successful, except – that it affects my team. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I root for him, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, it's bittersweet if he does win. I, I do think, too, I, I think you can, just my opinion, I think you can directly correlate who wins tonight with what type of game he has tonight. If he doesn't have a big night, they lose, right? Yeah. He has a big night, they win. Obviously, I know that's like a captain obvious statement because the other two are going to get theirs, right? Um so if he has another big night, you got to feel really good about Milwaukee taking care of business in this one. Yeah, Middleton's another one to watch. I mean, if he if he has another, I think he had a pretty big game four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he can very well shoulder the load just himself. You know, him and Giannis. If if Drew's not there, but I think they're all going to come out. They're all going to try and close, um, especially in front of the home home crowd. Don't want to see it, but you know, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But you know, I, I think that's kind of the the hardest the hardest thing, right? The the biggest thing I feel like that the Suns have against them is that they're playing this game in Milwaukee, right? The the, the fans, I, Tyler, you you had talked about it earlier. The fans are crazy pumped about this. They're going to be loud. They're going to create havoc, and uh, the the Suns will have to be be ready for it. I, I the Suns will have to play a great game to win this here, um, but. I feel like they got it in them. I'm a, I'm a big fan of CP3. Superstition aside, uh, screw Foster. I hope, you know, he has a really crappy game and he costs the Bucks um, the game because of his officiating. Um, I'm only saying that because I want the Suns to win. I'm really superstitious too. But, um, yeah, go Suns. I think hey, – uh, hey. no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Uh, I think Monty Fall, uh, Williams had a, a comment at the end of uh, game six in his post-game presser. He said something along the lines of, hey, I'm not going to basically complain about officiating, but we had 16 free throws and one player on the other team had 17 by themselves. So, you know, he, he's not complaining, but he's complaining, you know. So I, and I don't I don't blame him because it parallels how Zion is officiated, which is God awful. But we can yeah, say that's a whole nother discussion. Absolutely. Hey, one, so, one thing I'll tell you all about tonight. Um, you know, if let's say Milwaukee wins, one of my favorite things in sports in general is I love watching teams win championships, right? Like, so even if it's a team I don't like, like I enjoy the celebration part of it. 
especially when it's at home in professional sports. Um, college is the best to watch the, the reactions, right? But, like, if you really watch, like, the, the players and even the coaches, like, watching their reactions, like, when, when you win a championship, it's actually pretty cool. Like, if you really focus on that and not the, you know, the idiot who drank seven Coors Lights and, you know, sitting courtside, right? <laughs> look at the players and look at, like, support staff and all of that and, like, just, like, the sheer happiness and, like, relief almost. So, I, I, um, I guess I kind of challenge y'all to pay attention to that, even, even if it's not tonight, even if it's, you know, game seven. Look at look at their reaction. It's it's pretty cool. Baseball is a really cool sport to, to see that in, just because of the way the game is. But basketball is pretty good too. Well, watch their reactions. I mean, you would know because you probably personally accounted for about eight or nine of them yourself. So yeah, yeah that, he, he, he has so much, he, Carl. He has so much experience winning championships. He's right. been able to stop and right. look at everybody and not even right. feel the emotion. He's That's just it. like so so used of it. Yeah, he's like, man, this is this is just uh, everyday kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it you, don't, you don't ever you don't ever get used to it. I'll tell you that. You don't ever get used to it. No, I I can imagine that, man. And look, for Milwaukee, I guess at the end of the day, I'll be happy for them as a fan base because I feel like New Orleans, Milwaukee, small markets that parallel. You know, again, I have my own personal reasons because of the Pelicans, but you know that would be really cool to watch. Um, I kind of kind of like when Toronto won it with the one-year rental Kawhi. You know what I mean? Um, that was that was really fucking cool. I, I thought that was a good a good thing. But I like that I like that nickname. That was good. Cool. What's that? The one-year rental. Oh, that's what he was. I mean shit, he went for a year, he won a, he won a championship and he was like, damn, I'm going to the Clippers and suck. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hurt. Make that but, money, baby. Speaking of basketball, the do you want do you have some one last thing to say? JB? Yeah, so oh, well, I, I do for sure. You know, before we get all, get completely off this topic, you brought up Vegas earlier and the odds and everything. So you're you're one going up, up against us three. So let I say we make a little friendly wager. Okay. You know, what, what do you want? What do you want to make? Uh, we. It could either be oh, yeah, I'm hey. not a big timer. I'm not a big timer like y'all. I'm just a poor teacher, so you know. Well, you know, it it could it could be you know uh, first rounds on Carl, or he gets three free. You know, so um, oh here's, shucks. Here's here's what I'm thinking: if Milwaukee wins, which I really don't fucking want them to win, so I hate taking this bet because I'll be rooting again. Like either way I go, I fucking lose, right? But <clears throat> if Milwaukee wins tonight. Y'all have to take a shot at tequila the next podcast. Tyler, that's you too down there. Let's go, Tyler. Yeah. Let's go. And if I lose, I'll take three shots or whatever, you know? Yeah, but hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I you, accept. You're I accept. Here. Wait, wait. Who's buying these shots? I mean, if I lose, I guess I got to buy myself them, right? Or buy y'all them. <laughs> All right, Carl has to buy his shots no matter what. I, 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 think, I think we need to come up with, with a different wager. I, I'm not in on this. I've made this whole wager because of you. You know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 feel like, I lose in this deal. I mean, can it be? Can it be the 1942 again? It oh, can't. Yeah. Okay. It can't. So if the if the Suns win, you buy us shots? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah that's correct. So I'm I'm rooting to buy y'all fucking shots. You know what I mean? Like that. That's essentially what it becomes. And then if if the Bucks win, you you take three shots. Y'all buy me three shots. I, I'm, I'm down. I got it, guys. I'm just taking the bet. You and me, Carl. Let's go. 
I mean, I'm good with it. Let's I'm, go. I'm down with that. I might not make it through the podcast, you know. <laughs> and Tyler, if you really, if you really don't want to take the shot, Clayton, we'll do three, and I'll do one and a half. Clayton will do one and a half, but we'll have a shot yeah. for you if you want to take it. Oh yeah, I definitely yeah. want to take one, but if I got to take three, you know what I mean, like. Depending on how far along we are in the process, you know. No, no, no. It's a, it's a bet. No matter how far along we are in the pod, you, we got to do it. I'm talking about the the next pod. If we do it when we get there, I might be okay by the time the pod comes. But if we drink for about three hours like we normally do before we actually record the pod, then you want to take three shots. I uh, might not make it through the pod. You know what I mean? I think we need to. I think we need to take the shots while we're on the pod. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it makes it more interesting. You know, we ne- never know what's uh, going to come out of your mouth. There, Tyler, no I have a spare bedroom, dog. While, while we're on the topic of basketball, the Olympics has actually added a 3v3 basketball event to the fucking games. Can y'all believe that shit? Uh, I don't even know that. Do what? I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I looked it up. They've added baseball and softball back. They have so- uh, surfing, skateboarding sport climbing, whatever the fuck that is, karate, <laughs> 3v3 basketball, freestyle BMX, and mixed gender events. So like male and female, swimming relays and different things like that. So it's, it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, there's a lot of shit coming out with the, um, with the Olympics coming up. Um, I don't know if y'all heard, like Tokyo Bay is where they're supposed to host the swimming event of the triathlon, and it smells like a fucking shithole. Um, I'm serious. It it literally smells like a toilet. Um, I think they tested the water like in 2019 and it had like twice the level of E. coli permissible by triathlon standards. Yeah. So reason everybody like just like shit in the, in the bay reason being apparently for as, as nice as Tokyo is and as many people and as much money, they don't have separate rainwater and sewage you know what i mean so everything that comes from rainwater and sewage has to be filtered what happens during a monsoon or a tsunami or whatever they have down there it can easily overpower the system and goes in the bay so not not too good man it's uh yeah it just goes over the wall you know what i mean so it's gonna be interesting i mean covid um you know, the U.S. gymnastics team chose not to stay at Olympic Village. They're staying in a hotel. Um, I think there's been like 71 cases as of yesterday. That's been attributed to maybe support staff or Olympians or whoever. Um, and I think the, the cases are pretty, pretty much skyrocketing around Tokyo. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, I know y'all saw the shit about like the no sex beds, the cardboard beds that they had out there. Uh uh-uh. Y'all didn't see that? Tell us that, please. They, I mean, it, it's kind of false news or fake news. Um, they, they gave them beds made out of cardboard because they're like sustainable. Um, what came out was basically they're trying to discourage the Olympians from having sex with one another because that's what they do. Um, but, you know, Think is that like a, an initiation or something like that? No, I mean, dude, you're over there for, I don't know how long, you know, a month almost. Um, you know, it's just, you just around a bunch of people, you know. Um, it is what it is, huh? It is what it is. So a lot of people said, hmm, they made the beds out of cardboard. 
it must be to prevent them from fucking. You know what I mean? But in actuality, they're a lot more strong and stable. I think some guy, an, an Irish Olympian, came out on on Twitter and was like jumping up and down on the bed or something. You know, um, so <clears throat> they're more stable than what they look like. But I thought it was a good storyline. You know, it would have made a lot of sense. It it was like when it came out, it was like okay, the cardboard bed can only support the weight of one person. And in my mind, I'm like. What about these motherfuckers throwing shot put? Like that ain't no lightweight motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna collapse the bed. They be sleeping on the floor, you know? <laughs> well, uh, see, yes. I, okay, so sorry, I totally lost track of my, my train of thought. But what are we really interested when watching the Olympics, right? Like, are we really gonna watch three v three basketball? You know, but like, what what are the what are the top events that we like truly enjoy watching? I know I'm not gonna watch. USA men's basketball because they fucking suck. They lost <laughs> like, Tell me how you really feel, bro. <laughs> I mean, granted, they don't have all the uh, really good players. I mean, I think JaVale McGee is on the team now, you know, so after... Yeah, pro- uh, probably because LeBron James is too busy freaking filming uh, Looney Tunes, right? Hey, well, or not Looney Tunes, I'm sorry, uh, Space Jam. Space Jam. Speaking ne- of which, I'm going to just throw a little, little, uh, little point here. If you're listening out there, next week, we're going to have a full review of Space Jam on the pod. So, you know, hang tight. I'm the only one that's seen it, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, yeah, I'm just not going to say anything. I was going to say something, but not, I won't. But I, I, I'll say this about the Olympics. See, so, like, USA basketball struggled. I actually think it makes it more watchable for me. Um, like, I, of course, the United States, I love to see the United States beat the hell out of everybody and everything because that's what we do. But – the idea that the games could be more competitive, I actually think makes me more likely to watch it. Um, I don't like soccer at all, but I generally will watch the, uh, women's soccer in the Olympics and in the uh, was it the World Cup or whatever. I say, do you so, not watch the World Cup? Yeah, but I mean, I, I watch that in the Olympics. You know, that's pretty much it. Like, and it's not even like re- like religiously, right? So, um, I would say I watch that. I mean, U.S. men's soccer is not even good enough to be in the Olympics. <laughs> Um, it's the truth. Um, they're not in it. They didn't qualify. Um, Gosh. but I've always, always like, like watching the swimming and stuff, but I mean, there's no Michael Phelps. So that's lost some of its, you know, it, there's always something, there's always something that, that kind of catches everybody's attention. Um, the U S is really good in gymnastics. So that always makes it interesting. The worst part about though, it being where it's at is so much of this stuff happens in the middle of the night. Like mm-hmm. I saw U.S. Yeah. women's soccer plays at like 3.30, 4.30 in the morning, something like that. Like I like to watch it, but guys, I'm not getting up at 3.30 in the morning to watch women's soccer. Like yeah. if, they're, if they're playing for the gold medal, like that's one thing. Right. But like, I'm not, I'm not setting an alarm. Hey, Katie, sorry. I got to wake up. I got to go watch, uh, you know, Alex Morgan go score a goal against Nigeria. Like I'm not doing that. Right. Um, I just don't care that much. I don't know. Maybe maybe y'all will. Maybe Carl kind of seems like the like Olympic guy. Like, you know, I don't know. But I, um, Tyler, I think he could be an Olympian. Is the is the in, thing? Anything once in anything right. once. If, yeah. if so beer drinking relate Olympic support. Yeah, maybe I could <laughs> compete. In hey, so so the the two top events right is gymnastics. I think uh, I forgot who who said that. Like gymnastics like USA gymnastics is interesting, right? When you watch it, you were rooting those uneven boards. You're like, how the hell do they do this? This is amazing. Um, and then track, track, 
I mean, gosh, like if you want to get your drilling pump and just watch these guys, it's like the, the four by one, four by two, four by four. I mean, you're talking about get it going. I love it, man. I can, I can watch that all day. And, um, you know, if you, if you've ever done track and field, you, you know, you've been there, you, you know, that feeling that, that, that exists. And so to watch this on the Olympics is, is a once in a lifetime event in, in my eyes. So I'm looking most forward to probably the track events. And uh, I think it, it'll be wild. Hopefully it'll be a, a great event and COVID won't fuck everything up like it has been. I, I forgot about track. That's a good point. Track's probably the, the most entertaining to watch. It's, it's really good. And what's really crazy when you really think about it, people who like, let's say a sprinter, they're preparing for four years for, you know, in a hundred for like something that takes under 10 seconds, right? They're one hand me away. They're one false start away from basically wasting four years of their life. Pretty crazy. No doubt. Track and field is definitely my favorite. But speaking of four years of training and everything, uh, I read something today that the Polish women team, swimming team, had to send home six people because they, the director or whatever, misunderstood the qualification standards and brought six extra people than what they were supposed to. So they qualified. They've been training for, you know, four or five years got to Tokyo and then had to be sent home because the director of their, um, their country swimming program misunderstood the, the qualification standards. So tell me that wouldn't be like a kick in the nuts. You know what I mean? Do you think he's, do you think he's fired by now or what? They're calling for his head. I'll be, you know what I mean? What's what's the Polish word for uh, words for you're fired? (laughs) Uh, I'll have to look that up and get back with you. (laughs) My Polish is a little rusty. Yeah. It's like the Jetsons, you know, like you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, Tyler, you, you hit it and, and Carl, I think just to put the icing on the cake, working your your ass off for four years for one event one time which is why like I feel so bad for you know when um was it supposed to be in Tokyo four years ago or Uh, last year last year sorry like how do you feel about that right the idea of hey I was supposed to be here last year now we got to wait a whole another year and we still got bullshit COVID concerns you know Uh, once again not that COVID is not a real thing I do understand that but uh I don't know. It, it's just tough, tough and a different, you got to have a different mindset these days to go into this big event and then perform at the highest level human beings can perform. I think one of the, one of the biggest thing is you train so long for an event that only happens every four years. And if something like COVID or like a misunderstanding of the, the qualification standards or whatever sets you back from attending this one that's this four years or whatever, you have to wait another four years to even have an opportunity at going back, you know, or I guess three years now because of COVID. But, you know, <clears throat> a lot of things can change, especially for an athlete in four years. You know, I mean, you could be completely out of the game by that point and say, uh, shit, I just missed my chance, you know, due to timing or due to a, a technicality, I guess is, is what it would, would end up being, you know, but speaking of medals, I see you wearing a medal cause we're on a zoom call. JB, tell us about that hardware you got on your, on your chest right now. Well, you know, I, I thought that, um, since I just about died running 14 miles <laughs> up, up and down a mountain, <laughs> I figured I would show, you know, show out a little bit and wear my, uh, my Spartan beast medal. 
Um, so yeah, almost died on a mountain. Took me literally seven hours to do this race. What? Um, okay, so it's a Spartan race. Yep, it was a Spartan beast. Which beast is like it's oh, not the the worst. <laughs> um, it was. I think this one was fourteen miles and. Utah, uh, uh, I was in Utah, so it's like ranked. They, they have a ranking where it's like altitude, difficulty, elevation change, blah, blah, blah. And it's like one of the worst ones in the country. I don't think it's the worst, but it's one of the worst ones. They literally had um, to airlift like two people off of the mountain because they were so effed up, um, either just dehydrated because, you know, and it's really dry up there. So if you're not pounding water, um, it's going to be tough. And the crazy thing is, is um, a lot of people don't realize how much energy and effort it takes, even if you're walking, right? Uh, 12 miles in of a 14 mile race, my legs start cramping up. So picture like two miles of just leg cramps and just trying to push through. So it was fun. Had a ton of fun, but um, yeah. That sounds like. Yeah. I mean, like you're sitting here telling us about like full body cramps, people getting air medded. Like it's one of the toughest things you chose to do this. Right, you talk about your legs almost having to be cut off, right? And then, oh yeah, but it was fun. Like, do do you want to get hit by a car? Do do you want your airplane to crash? Like, this no. makes no sense, man. Like, I gotta take a plane tomorrow, fun, man. It was fun. Well, it, it's the, it's the satisfaction of like crossing the line. They look; they, these guys know what they're doing. They give you a medal, right? Like, once you cross the line, you almost feel like the the champion. Tyler, you said it earlier. Like, you like to see people win, right? So you cross this line, you're finally done. You, you lost. Know, you, well, I definitely, yeah, I definitely lost. But <laughs> no, you were like losing feeling and limbs and stuff. Like that's not a win. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> if you ever look, I'm Spartan is not a, a, a promoter uh, a sponsor yet. But uh, no, if you ever get a chance to do something that makes you super uncomfortable, do it and say fuck it, and whatever whatever comes comes. Look, there was a lot of people in our group who actually didn't finish. Right. They, they legit, they legit <laughs> get out of here, Tyler. They legit had to like, you know, either time was going to expire or, you know, an injury came up. But um, yeah, man, get out of so here. There's a, there's a time limit. Like what's the, there's a time well, limit. It gets, you- it gets dark and you don't want to like Spartan is, you know, responsible for these people on the mountain. So yeah, I think it was like 9 PM. Uh, you know, you, you got people starting from, you know, 7 a.m. to, you know, 4 p.m. Or maybe not 4, but like 2. And, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll cut you off once you get started. So it's like a staggered event of start time. Yeah, yep, exactly. Well, speaking of it, I mean, you said you were in Utah. Why don't we we kind of go over all the times that you did not invite us to places, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it just seems like it keeps coming up. You go all these places – Never, never extend the invite. You know, as nice as you are, you would think that these invites would just like overflow. You know what I mean? We got Fourth of July in Sugar Mill Pond. We got the Poirier McGregor fight at Corner Bar. Oh we got Utah. We got Florida. We got the Dallas game. Uh, when you went to the Rangers game, dude. I mean, I like to Look. do too. You know, like <laughs> oh I like hanging God. out with you. If you don't like hanging out with me, you can just tell me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Carl, Carl and Tyler, you two are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Why don't, oh, why don't I just say that? <laughs> no, I mean, look. I didn't get invited. Yeah, I know, right? I, I mean, I've never been to Utah. I like Florida. I'm just saying, you know. Hold yeah. on, wait, hold on, Tyler. I've been trying to give you, like, you know, tips 
of to come to Utah and uh, Salt Lake City. No, 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 no. What's Hold a on, back up a second. No, 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 no. I asked you about places, and you told me you never said to come with you. You did not. <laughs> you were like, here, look, look. There's mountain lions. Go, go chase them, right? Like, yeah. that was it, right? It wasn't like, hey, man, why don't you come? We're going to do this. Not, nothing like that. It's like, look, there's lions. Let one eat your leg, right? You're not going to better feel your legs, but it's fun, right? Like, yeah, that's it. It's, it's like that video. Do you remember that video a few months ago where this guy was walking or a girl walking up a trail and this mountain lion was following him? It, it was a dude, yeah. Dude, it was like – I was like Brian. Oh, dude, I was scared. I mean, five minutes of that mountain lion chasing him, you well, know? Yeah, I mean, I don't want none of that, JB. I mean, maybe that if you don't if you don't invite me to shit like that, I'm okay with it. But like, I want to come to shit where like we go out to eat and drink and all that shit. <laughs> okay, hold on. Next, next, next time I, I travel anywhere, you guys are gonna get a text. So speaking of uh, August seventh, if you guys don't come to Houston, I'm done with you. We're going. We're going. You're definitely going. We're definitely going. Can you Where show me? Katie, are we going? Come on, Katie. Are we going Houston, August 7th? August 7th? You, you, you can bring the kids. No. No, no. Oh, don't. I'm sorry. Are you uh, bringing your kids? I think we're going to bring Brady. He's never been to an Astros game before. Okay. I don't. I just don't want to bring all three of my kids. Katie, get, get a babysitter. Okay. She said, all right, that's cool. Well, Let's go drink a bunch of beer and watch the Astros. But here's the deal, though. Like, so – I was in Baton Rouge at the coaches clinic, right? I invited all y'all to even come do the pod over there, right? That like, would have been legit. Yeah, but, you know, JB is a world traveler, doesn't invite anybody. I, I invited y'all to the coaching clinic, right? You know, Clayton came, did his thing, you know, walked around, shook some hands, kissed some babies, you know, the things he does, yeah. right? But, you know, JB's too busy, you know, training mountain lions and opening anytime fitnesses, you know? Carl, Carl, I thought Carl was going to come. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to come and run that show through. The, uh, I thought he was going to be there too. I wish I, I wish I could have been there, honestly. Um, My brother thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like if we would have did it there, dude, it, it could have been real funny, like real good. You know, we should have done it outside of each. Like, okay, so I saw Will Wade spoke there. If yeah. we would have started about five minutes before he finished and tried to catch him on the pod to get him a, a, a comment, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Hey. Wait, is this the same guy that Tyler would grow a yeah. meme stash out? That, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, actually did, I, didn't, I didn't even go get to see him speak. I was at another talk. So, I, I, I know we had put on there to kind of briefly talk about it. Um, I'll say this. Two, two speakers that really stuck out to me, and I know we've talked about this guy multiple times, Jay Johnson from LSU. Um, he spoke, and I'll keep this brief. He spoke, but like when we walked out, like every coach in there was like, "Oh yeah, like home run hire, home run hire." Like, it was a fifty-minute talk and like ultra organized. Like like I've kind of been saying from the beginning, Sabinish, you know, um, he's a little rough around the edges. Like he's not he's not corporate like some coaches. Uh, you know, like his shirt's kind of sloppily tucked in. Like he's just not that guy. And like he even said, he's like, "I'm not good at anything. I just like to talk about baseball." And it was it was really good, and then the other one was today, um, Billy Napier at UL. Um, I don't we don't even have football at our school. I don't even coach football, but um, in the beginning he was talking about just like relationships and things like that, and then he started talking about some football stuff. And I stuck around and watched, and that says enough about what type of speaker he is that I sat through a football talk that was talking X's and O's, but I don't even coach that, right? 
But what, what really stuck out to me was is how relatable he was to everything. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, I'm not Nick Saban or Steve Spurrier, you know, in football concepts, but I, I know what the hell is going on, right? But like, things that are very complex and what they're doing, he made it, he dumbed it down big time for everybody in that room, you know? And like, it just shows you what type of communicator he is. And like, I left out of there, and I knew he's a good coach, but I left out of there and I'm like, I mean, it's pretty obvious why this guy's had success. It's, it's obvious why UL is paying him $2 million a year now. And I understand why they're going to do whatever they can to keep him. Cause like that guy, that guy belongs in an SEC program. Like he's, he is the real deal. Well, I, I was going to say, I think this past year, he, he did have a couple different either interviews or offers to go to other schools yeah. and he decided to stick around. So, Hey, shout out to him sticking around, uh, trying to do good by the program. Obviously, obviously he's getting paid, which he should be. Um, so shout out to him for sticking around. No doubt. He, he's, uh, he's definitely a, an awesome person. I'm, I'm looking at my phone right now cause I'm trying to find a picture, but, uh, I do know Napier personally too. So, you know, of course, you know. can we, uh, can we get him on the pot? He told me because we went cook for him too, you know. And uh, he said, "If wait, I wait, wait, hold, Carl, hold on. I'm sorry. Do you run shirtless on the beach with him as well? No, no. That's just an Edo thing. <laughs> that's just know? coach out. That's just an Edo thing, man. I can't okay. be doing that with everybody. Then it kind of loses its, its value. You know what I mean? It loses its merit. You know. Look, but, all I want you to do is invite me on one run with him, so I can hold y'all hands. That's fine, dude. He he'd be happy to do that for you." That's the that's the kind of person he is. Well, I can't find the picture. I was going to show you a picture of me and Napier, but he did tell me when I left. He was like, "Hey, if you need anything, you call me." You know, so I might call in that favor. So, but Let's do it. to to speak on what you were saying, Tyler, he's probably one of the more genuine. I mean, Ozron's the same way in a in a certain regard. Um, just genuine makes you feel good about yourself, I guess. I, and I know that some people are able to do that just by their presence, and I feel like Napier does that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of sustain his success that he's had at UL. I mean, um, look at Hudspeth. You know, Hudspeth was kind of same type. I don't want to say he was the same type of person, but when he came to the program, he brought a lot of success and then was unable to sustain it because I think the expectations got a little bit out of hand. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of sustain that success where when Hudspeth was here, New Orleans Bulls, it got old after three or four years. You know, the people in Lafayette were like, man, we need something more. We need something else. But knowing that that's probably the limit of that program you know, um, it'll be interesting to see. I, and I, I wish him all the best because he's a genuinely good person, you know? Well, I, I'll say this. I, I, I think I think he's – I'm not going to say 10 times better coach than Hudspeth is, but it, it, the program seems very different under him than, than with Hudspeth. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I don't really don't – I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I feel like he is set up more for sustainable success than Hudspeth, just completely different people. I'm with you because it's not that easy of a place 
I mean, it's a tough level to win consistently, right? I mean, you have your app states and you have people like that at that level that win, but it's difficult because, like, like for example, they go to Texas this year. They have to go play those games because they have. That's how they they run their athletic departments, right? So it's difficult for them because they have to go do those things, you know. Um, and they're good enough to win that game. Like I think they're like a nine and a half point dog. I actually think that's too much. That game, that line started at sixteen and a half, I think. And it's down all the way to nine and a half. Like, I think they have a legitimate chance to win that game, you know. And the, the things he's done there, he's he's obviously, you know, got to feel really good about the situation because I know he pulled his name out of those other job opportunities. I don't think he was – I don't know that he was going to get those jobs, but I know he was someone that people were really, really interested in. So he's got to feel really good about where it's at, not to mention he's like God in Lafayette right now, right? Um, I mean – yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, he's comfortable. It's a good place, you know. I mean, I don't know. It, it all depends on what he's looking for. And maybe he's just waiting for that right opportunity. You know, um, I think very similarly to Husband, his name was floated around Mississippi State and things yeah. like that, you know. And do you want to go to a – I don't want to call Mississippi State a bottom-level SEC football school. But, yeah, I mean – you know, the pressure to win is still the same um, as any other SEC school, you know. So everything changes a little bit, you know. Um, once you enter into that threshold, is he waiting for a better opportunity, you know. Uh, I don't think he would take Mississippi State or Kentucky or, you know, Mizzou or anything like that, you know. But I think he's got a long way to go before he gets the mid-level kind of offer, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. so it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I hope he sticks around for a long time. Uh, just genuinely nice person. The uh, I looked at the agenda for the coaches clinic and it was pretty stacked, dude. Um, they had some really good speakers. I wish I did or was able to attend, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, every year they do a good job. Eric Hale's in charge of the coaches association, so he's in charge of getting like all these speakers. And like baseball, this isn't like a huge clinic for baseball, we have our, our own standalone one. Um, in January, it was actually a rock and bowl last year. Dude, it was awesome. They did a, just a great job. Like the, the speaker stage was like on like the actual um, lanes, like the bowling lanes, you know, kind of like when they have live music. And dude, it was good. It was really good. Like, I think they're going to keep it there every year. And like, la like last year they had uh, the dude of Michigan. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of his last name. Uh, in the past they've had when Jay Johnson was at Arizona. I mean, they get guys from all over the place. Um, so, you know, they, they do a really good job of getting different people. It's the big thing is like basketball and volleyball and football and sports like that, because this is, this is their, like, this is their big one. You know what I mean? Um, because their, their seasons are coming. Hey, just a disclaimer. If I'm, if I'm all of a sudden I'm off, my, that means my phone died. I'm at like 10% cause I didn't know I was going to be using my phone. Hey, I will tell you all this too, real quick. I know we got to switch topics. Um, Seth Thibodeau, that was formerly the coach at the baseball coach at Nichols. Um, is now the recruiting coordinator at UL. I don't know if y'all know that for baseball. Um, yeah, good guy. Know him, know him pretty well just from, you know, over the years when he was at Nichols. So uh, maybe after a little time, I might, uh, might call in a favor, see if he'll come on. He's a uh, you know, first-class dude. I talked to him this weekend um, at our Team Louisiana tournament. We played over there. But just first-class guy. And I'm, I wouldn't doubt if he'd give us time. I, I wouldn't if I was him. But I, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt if, it, uh, if he would give us time. Don't, 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 don't put that bad juju on us, man. Like, we, oh, we, look, you know, we got so much going on right now. Yeah. Man, I, I actually introduced me to Coach Deggs, like, real quick. And uh, 
you could just tell like they they're over the summer, man. It's a lot, you know. They're, they're, they finally got rid of the recruiting dead period. They got games going on over there. They're trying to balance their roster. Like it, it was cool. It was it was neat. But I'm glad he's there. And uh, you know, we, we were just talking. You know, he lived in Tibbet, obviously when he was at Nichols. So you know, I'd see him. We we talk, hang out, whatever. But I'm I'm looking forward to see what what he can bring to the table at UL. That's yeah. awesome. And, and you sent us a picture this week of Brady on UL's. Oh yeah. And how how pumped up was he about that? Oh, I mean, he he, he loves it, man. Like he doesn't realize like he's been there, he's been to Rice, he's been to A and M, you know, he's been to all these McNeese, he's been to all these different places, Nichols, you know that that you know most kids. It's not not that it's a huge deal, but most kids his age haven't had those opportunities, right? Like to go run the bases after the game. Uh, for most of the, really every game, he'd come on the field before and I'd throw to him or whatever. So he's gotten some pretty cool opportunities. But, I mean, it was like every day he's like, it's the best day ever because it's baseball all day long. And that's all he wants to do, like, 24-7, you know. I don't know. He, he's got a problem. He's got a, he's got a real problem. Uh, I'm sure I know where he gets it from. I wonder. <laughs> well, well if, if we could if we could finish up the topic of the coach coaches clinic, like Tyler, if there was like, you know, obviously you you and Clayton are probably best friends because y'all y'all went together, and I think y'all were like roommates or whatnot. But if there was um if there was like one knowledge nugget, like one big takeaway, like boom, this is what I got from you know some of the speakers. Is there one thing that just really stands out to you, and like I gotta I gotta take this and just spread the word kind of deal. Is there one thing that, that you can talk about? Damn, you put me on the spot. Um, I know. I'm sorry. That, Carl, go while ahead. You, why you, you think about it, can I just highlight the point of how jealous JB is? <laughs> I think he really wants to, to hang out with you. You know what I mean? Or you Look, and Clint, I don't know, but he just doesn't invite us. So, you know, I just don't understand <laughs> why, how that how does that work, you know? Hold, hold on, man. Look, I, I feel like let, let me just, you know, for you, for those of you who can't see my shirt, like, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a coach, you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm your coach. So for me to not, you know, not be invited to, to this coach's clinic. You is, were invited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, honestly, I, I would say that the big thing really from the two people that I was talking about, I mean, I already, I know these things, but like they really stressed home the importance of people and the way you treat people, right? Like Napier had this, I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but it was like, basically the most important thing like in his life is, is people. Right. And like he was talking about in their football program between players and off, off the field people, it's like 212 people. And he's like, right now I'm not worried about drawing up plays. I'm just trying to make sure we make the most of every second we have and how we can make this so beneficial for our guys. Right. So they can feel good about themselves and get the full experience. Right. Um, Jay Johnson on his paper, like was talking about, you know, just relationships and with people and being honest with people, right? Because he was like, look, I've had some very tough, very tough conversations with players since the day I got here, right? I mean, there's, a, there's been some people going in the transfer portal and, and that's a discussion for another day, but just being honest with people and, you know, and, and treating them the way they, they should be treated because in the, in the long run, man, like, you know, especially as a coach, like you treat people like crap. Well, guess what? Like you're going to lose a lot of people. And like, I know as a coach, it's extremely important to me that people I, I don't I don't really care what people think about me as a coach, but I care about what people think of me as a person. Right. So, like, especially in the coaching profession. So, like, the, I guess the big thing was is treat your players, you know, I don't want to say respectfully, but like treat people the right way. Right. It's about relationships. And 
at the end of the day, like Dabo Sweeney says, you can win, 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 win. But if you're not making these guys into better husbands and fathers and brothers and, you know, whatever, like, what the hell are we doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of what the overlying theme was. And this is even an X's and O's type talk, man. It's crazy. Like, these, these coaching clinics really are good um, because you just – you're always, you know, on something. Had I known you were going to ask me that question, I maybe could have gave you, like, something more concrete, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, you know, I, I like – when I go to a coaching clinic, I want them to give me drills, right? But at the end of the day, like, you still like to hear that good little nugget that's, like, bang, kind of catches you, right? Like, something you can use when you, when you go back to your players, right? And my situation is going to be a little bit different. But um, I still took some things away, right? Like Jay Johnson's talking about starting his program at LSU. Well, like, so a lot of what he was saying was speaking to me because of what I'm trying to do, you know? Um, I just kind of ran. I kind of ran it a little bit. So my No, no, that's that's good, man. Um, I have two two points to add to that. I saw something pretty cool um, about treating people well, right? So Otani – participated in the home run derby. I think he got like 150 grand for doing so. He took that, gave it to, I think, 30 Angels Stadium employees as a, as a token of appreciation. So, you know, I think I figured out it was like five grand each, you know, just to say, hey, thank you for doing your job, whether it was, I don't know if it was janitors or staff members or trainers or whoever it was, but that, that was really, really cool, I thought. <clears throat> the other thing, you know, when you when you go to one of these clinics, I always think about John Scalinas, um, the whole widen the plate talk. I know everybody's seen it. If you're not familiar, go look it up. But it talks about, you know, expectations um, and what you what you expect from people, whether they're players or your kids or your students or whoever they are. The expectation is this. But if you don't meet that expectation, you widen the plate every time you allow that to slide by. And every time you go, you know, you widen the plate. It's widen the plate is a reference to a pitcher. You know, if a pitcher can't throw strikes, you don't make the plate bigger. You make them throw it tighter, right? Um, and that just goes to show you about meeting expectations and not not saying, oh, well, it's okay. We'll, we'll, you'll be able to get it later or we'll do something different or we'll help you out. You know, it's uh, – you know, holding them accountable is, is basically at the end of the day, um, whether it's in sports or in life, it's, it, it parallels one another, you know? So uh, I think that would be a really cool aspect. And I'm sure that's what the vast majority of these coaches clinics are about, you know, as, as opposed to X's and O's and drills and this and that it's cause I mean, cause let's be honest, whether you're, you're coaching people, uh, physically training them or you're coaching baseball or you're coaching softball or whatever sport it is, it's not just about the sport because it, it applies to life and anything else as well, you know? Yeah, and it, it, it's not it's not easy. Oh, my bad, Jamie, go ahead. No, 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 you, you go. It's not – and look, guys, I'm going to get dark here. I'm about to take a walk so I can go plug in my phone. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not always easy. Like, like, sometimes, like, you have to be a jerk. It sounds crazy. And not, not like, you know, not on purpose, but like you got it. Like you said, you got to hold kids accountable. Right. So like I get that. I used to, especially when I first started, I had a rule. We had this thing called aim, like if kids didn't turn in their homework, um, they had to go to what was called aim. So like they would be late for baseball practice. So I made a rule that if you had aim, you couldn't come to practice that day. And if we had a game the next day, you couldn't play. Right. So I can't tell you how many times, especially in the first year, I would have kids that I would have to sit better, like best players. And I would have to sit 
because that was the rule. Like, we, we lost to St. Michael's. You know, Chris Reed played for LSU and all that. Mm-hmm. We lost to St. Michael's. Our guy who was our number two pitcher was supposed to throw. Well, he had aim, so he couldn't go. So we ended up losing by, like, one run in the game or whatever. And, I, you know, you feel like if you had all you guys, you can win. But at the end of the day, like, what, what exactly are we teaching them if they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing? And we bend in the rules for them, right? Because that's not that's not how life works, right? Like that's that's not how it works, you know. That's, that's widening the plate, you know what I mean? And yeah. and hey, look, props to you for for drawing the line in the sand because like your livelihood bases is based on how well you perform as a coach and how well your team performs, you know. So to to stick with that that moral obligation that you have to your players and to your team it is it means more to you than essentially your livelihood because you know that it could potentially be detrimental you know so that's that's really that's really awesome you know kudos yeah, to I, you yeah I, I would love to believe you know we talk about like the blue blue ribbon generation right like everybody gets a blue ribbon for winning man we're like we we, we, we got to get out of that we got to get out of the idea of like everybody deserves a trophy and I think you know whether Tyler we're talking about you and look I love to win. I'm super competitive and to not play my ace pitcher because he got whatever it is, you know, like because he screwed up, he was acting an ass, probably like what most ace pitchers do, right? When, when he knows he, he's the man, um, man, talk, talk about a, a smart coach, right? Not trying to blow, blow your head up at all, but um, the, the idea of we got to get out of, out of that. We got to give kids the, the, the message that you're not shit until you prove yourself and you prove yourself over and over again. Life is not about just like doing one good thing. Life is about consistently doing good things over time. And Carl, to your point of like Tyler putting his, you know, himself out there, I would love, and I hope this is true, to believe that even if Tyler leading in that way, because that's a true leader, right? Leading in that way to where look, no matter what, I'm going to stick to my guns because these, this is the program I want to build. Um, that he would not that is his livelihood would not be at stake because the bigger picture we know what we're doing we're uh, Tyler Carl you guys are 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 building the future leaders right and and I think that just gets me going it gives me all little butterflies inside right one way or the other it's a it's a never-ending strive for success um, because success is unfortunately determined by wins and losses, you know, uh, it's not necessarily dictated by what you teach kids, whether it be fundamentally in that sport or whether it be morally or ethically. So it, it's, it's always tough. And again, Tyler, you can go through it through a lot higher uh, expectation, I guess, because that is your livelihood. That's how you, you feed your family. Um, me is just something I do on the side, but still, you know, you can go about it that way. And because you don't win or you're not the most successful in terms of wins and losses, you you're looked at potentially as unsuccessful because of that, because you hold to your, your moral standards, you know? So it's, it's definitely a tough, a tough line in the sand to draw because, you know, outside Carl, perception is what it is. Yeah. Carl, can we, can we bring back that he's won like at least 12 state champions? So championships that always up? fucking helps. I, I mean, lie. come on. Like you can, he he could he could be like Owen, thirty and still like have a job, you know. I just want to like when you do move to Lafayette uh, or Youngsville, Tyler. I just want to smoke a cigar in the trophy room because I know you got a room dedicated to the trophies right Let's now. Let's go. <laughs> I, I don't. 
I mean, I know Katie's not gonna let us smoke in the house, but we can at least like <laughs> think like we're in the trophy room. We yeah, can bring it outside. True story. true story. I've never smoked anything, anything in my entire life. You don't really smoke a cigar; you just puff it. So it matter. Okay, well, never in the, my the, life. Carl, there's I, I always. I'll, I'll, I'll drink some whiskey while, while y'all smoke a cigar. How about that? Mm. It's not the same, bro. It's like if we take the shots and then we got to take yours, you know? Hey, look, <laughs> Wait, say that okay. again. Say it again, Carl. I, I said it's like if we take tequila shots and then Josh and our, or Justin Bieber over here and I got to split yours because you wouldn't take it. The finest That's tequila right. that they got at the bar and you won't even you won't even smell it. You're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Look, I, I, I know my limitations as a person, okay? With anything. Yeah, I, I can't but listen i can't build you anything right i'm not popping the hood and, and changing the oil in my car right i'm not like i know limitations i know i i don't i can't do shots yeah, i can't listen i'm gonna give no. you a little, i'm gonna get wait time out i'm gonna give you a little coach speak right now okay so okay. how do you know what the fucking your limitations are if you don't ever push them L- let's just let's just say that i've i've, I've done i've, I've taking shots before Carl. Let's, hey, let's... JB, put that shit on the Instagram right there. Like that is the, that's the catchphrase. Put that on the Instagram. I'll be. Hold on, let, hold on, hold on, hold let, on. Let's, let's go. <laughs> do it again, do it again. <laughs> I got you, it's going on the ground, baby. Going Hell yeah. Ground. Hell yeah. I kind of wanted that, that uh, the saying too, you know what I'm saying? Like just go and clip it from the Zoom recording. You know, you. little coach speak for the coach. Ed- over here. Editing skills, baby. Let's go. Yeah, ain't, ain't no doubt. You know, so the the last thing we have on the the agenda, I mean, it's kind of a, a more serious topic, but the shooting at at Nationals Park on Saturday, shit was crazy. I mean, as it was unfolding, Tyler, you texted us and said, "Man, this shit is going crazy on Twitter." I started looking into it. Man, to think what those people were thinking that were sitting in the stands at that time, you know, not knowing um, people rushing the field, going into the dugouts, trying to, trying to find some, some safe shelter, you know, uh, I can't imagine. Um, look, DC is a shithole. Uh, the only thing I've seen to DC is like from the, the interstate and I've seen all the monuments and shit. That's as close as I need to get to them, you know? Hold so, on, hold on, girl. Let me, let me save you really quick. There were parts of D.C. that are a shithole for sure, but th- there are also parts that are just historic and absolutely beautiful. I mean, you know, D.C. is about the size of a shoebox, so like if one part <laughs> is fucked up, the whole the whole thing's <laughs> fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll be honest with you, D.C. is one of my favorite places. I love it. That's, it is, yeah. that's really surprising to me. I love it. Did I love it. I took, kid, I took kids to close-up and uh, like just did some different things, whatever. I liked it a lot. Like a what lot different, of what different Georgetown things? area is really cool. Yeah, I'm sure the Georgetown's cool is probably right, right there. Yeah, yeah, no. So, so can we? The big thing in my mind is what is wrong with people, right? Uh, and, and 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 the answer to that is a lot. The oh, the yeah. idea of someone and and I'm gonna go on a rant for a second, but someone wanting so much attention that they're going to to do a you know to just shoot up you know, a, a stadium or, or close to a stadium, a drive-by, whatever it was, right? The, we, we're dealing with, with, with a, a, a 
different day and age, y'all. It, it, it's it's I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I'm, I'm around at this point. You know, even the idea of going to to the movies these days, I'm like looking behind my back, seeing who's in the movie theater. Right. And it's a shame. And I'm ashamed of like the human beings that live on this earth that we have to kind of live in it. But I would say on a positive note is that that's what they're trying to do. Right. They are trying to make us live in fear. And I just refuse to do it. So I, I hate that whoever was at the stadium had to go through that. Um, but the, the biggest thing I could say about the topic is, is, is stay dedicated to living your life and not live in fear. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, I mean, we went through it with the, uh, the grand theater shooting here in Lafayette, you know what I mean? Um, that was some crazy shit. We weren't even in town at the time we were in Tennessee, I think, but still for six to eight months afterward, it was like, damn, what, what do we do? Um, that whole looking over your shoulder type deal. But it was one thing my wife and I talked about quite a lot. It's like, look, you can't, you can't let that from or, or negatively affect you from living your life. You still have to keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, you might be more aware to situations, you know, you, there's no real letting your guard down after something like that. But at the end of the day, it, it's not going to prevent me from, going to corner bar and making a podcast with you drunk fucks you know what i mean uh and it's just it's it's scary like for our kids you know what i mean like you just <clears throat> is this way now but uh kudos to fernando tatis and machado and those guys like they were get they were getting like tatis's family wasn't even there but he was getting teammates family out of the stands um and bring them in and they were they were actually putting fans in the dugout and stuff um but like, like they were, they were fine. The Nationals manager was fine with fans going to the clubhouse. Yeah, and no doubt. They were asking them if they were family, and the manager was like, "Yeah, they're family. They're, they're our fans." Yeah. And a security guard had to make them get out. I mean, they had to, but they took them somewhere safe. Like they were, you know, they were fine. Um, but just unreal, man. Like you can't go anywhere anymore without this stupid stuff like that happening. Like it's not something we should be worried about. You know. I'm just glad. I mean, as more details come out. And a little bit that I read about it this this evening, you know, it wasn't a targeted attack on the stadium or the fans themselves. Yeah. It seemed like it was just a, a shooting between two vehicles outside the stadium. But, you know, still, it doesn't negate the fact that this happens far too often. Um, I think a lot of it is is perpetuated be, between or behind being on the Internet, being able to say whatever you want, being able to escalate things to a certain level. And then, um, you know, in the olden days, I guess it was it was settled with fists. And now it's like, hey, I just pull out a gun and and finish something, you know, which is an absurd thought that three seconds can change your life and hundreds of thousands of other people's lives. You know what I mean? Um, that minute of a time of your life can can eventually change again thousands of people's lives that small little action so not to not to be um debbie downer or anything like that you know but no no it, 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 i would say this, this the thing carl is that like we we all kind of feel the heaviness of it right so i think i think this is the stuff that needs to be talked about than anything right like everybody's kind of intimidated to talk about this kind of stuff and it's because we all have opinions about it but we're scared to be judged upon our opinions but in my perspective it's like hey if you have an opinion say it and if you get negative feedback maybe just reconsider your opinion 
if you still stay strong with it, cool. Like I honestly, <laughs> I gotta admit, I had no idea it was a it was a it was a drive by, right? I think Tyler, you had mentioned something about it. I'm I'm just thinking there was a shooting around the stadium, which just pisses me off because there's a bunch of people in the stadium at that time, right? All trying to like, you know, enjoy the game. But anyways, that point being, Carl, is that I think this is a great topic to talk about and just make sure that 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 we're all staying strong in in in, in a situation like this and that we don't change our ways of going to the game, enjoying a game, enjoying something that brings joy to all of us. Um, and so I'm, I'll be going to to games. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. August 7th, right? We're going to Houston. Let's go. Hey, look, Katie did say this, by the way. I am, I'm going to like, if I see Katie at Thursday Volleyball, I'm going to be like, you come in August 7th, right? You will, because apparently uh, the last like three weeks have gotten rained out. So the, the season's going to stretch on forever. You know what I mean? It, it's never going to end. Um, since, since I invite y'all places and JB doesn't invite us anywhere, um, I'm just saying I'm being in Atlanta for the World Woodbat Tournament. If y'all want to make a trip to Atlanta and do, do the pod next week, I'm just saying. Man. When is that? When is this? Like I, I leave I leave Thursday morning, and uh, I'm, I'm driving, obviously. Like in um, two days? Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the, the World Woodbat. The fuck I'm going to get a plane ticket in two days to go to Hotlanta with you, bro? No. I got I got to have, like, some advanced notification. I'm, huh? A long time ago. But this is – it's like 315 under teams. Um playing all around Atlanta or whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool event. And, you know, even though these guys are going to be sophomores, like they'll be, they'll be division one coaches everywhere. They'll be, they'll be major league scouts, um, you know, all over the place. Uh, we went and watched two years ago because I had two players that were playing in it when they were, um, I think they were both 16 or 17. Um, when I tell you every division one college you could imagine was there, was there. Like it was, it was pretty surreal to see that many, people all there because this is you know for the most part some of the best talent in our country right um all into a pretty small confined space um so it was you know it was it's, it's a cool event but i, I know y'all not i know y'all can't come to Atlanta. yeah uh, i mean i wish i could and so but, what I, jb can because the dude he works from zoom and he probably has really a gym in atlanta you know what i'm saying no, he probably no. has he probably has two gyms in Atlanta, one in Buckhead <laughs> and one somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like that dude, that dude's got gyms all over the place. So I'll say, I'll say this though, and I know y'all will be together, but I should be available to do the pod through Zoom because our schedule came out and we play all morning games. So Let's barring go. any sort of rain, which is not supposed to, I should be okay. Um, Look, I, I will say this. This ain't the same, but it was still pretty damn fun. I ain't gonna lie. Hell you yeah. know I mean? it, ain't, it, it ain't the same as uh oh my wife's. I'm just saying damn. shout out. But, you, you, uh, nice. If you're only listening and only seeing it, I just want to give a shout out to Katie Anderson for posting <laughs> the one and only Carl Anderson on her Facebook. It may be Instagram, but Facebook, Instagram. Because he he has his his what six pack of Michelob Ultra in a bucket, <laughs> hey. and it's a good pick, man. I just gotta hey. say, it's a good pick. all right. So so she's gonna she's gonna send that to you, Jay Justin Bieber, and uh, and please post that on the on the gram, bro. Put I'm flexing for the gram right now. I'm ready. Let's go. I probably would have put like more beer in there. You know what I mean, or like something <laughs> like that. I would have got a bottle of Dom P or something like and put that in there, but I got eight ounce freaking ultra cans in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 
No matter, bro. All right. Well, guys, as always, hell of a time. Everybody out there next week, Space Jam reviews coming out hot. You know, go watch it. So that way, if you agree, disagree, whatever, follow us on Instagram, Drunk on a Bucket. Um, you know, every week we're going to be out there. We got motherfucking koozies. So go follow, share, like, tag your friends, do all that shit, uh, marketing shit. I don't know. JB knows all that shit. Um, holla at me. Let's go. Guys, thank y'all. Enjoyed the hell out of it.